week's episode of the Get Back Coach is presented by the band Mellifluous. Go check out their new EP, Just High Enough, anywhere you stream music. On this week's episode of the Get Back Coach, we welcome on Big Game Boomer. Talk about his social media presence, what he thinks of Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, the demise of the Big 12, and then we play Vital Information. That leads us to end the episode with the playoff where we rank and discuss the greatest Oklahoma Sooner players of all time. All that and a lot more. All right, let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Branded Sports. I am your host, Jake Myers, and I know everyone tuning in wants to hear about Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. Um, We are going to get to that. We have Big Game Boomer, the king of lists from Twitter on here to talk about his uh, beloved Sooners and the jump to to the SEC and what that means for Oklahoma fans and for the Big 12. But before we do that, I do have to talk a little bit about uh, Dabo Sweeney. Um, Dabo seems to be the gift that keeps on giving. He's not happy. He isn't happy with the new proposed 12-team format. Uh, This is what he said. Um, I knew it. I knew when... It went to four. I was going, it was going to become all about the playoff. And when it goes to 12, it's going to become more about the playoff, but it's inevitable. Some people will say, well, you've been in the playoff. If we can get in with four, we're going to get in with 12. Our odds aren't going to go down. So it's not about that. Our team isn't for it. They don't want to play more games. And to be honest with you, I don't know if there's 12 teams good enough. So you're going to play more games just to play more games. And I think the more you expand it, the less important the season becomes and more you become the NFL. As far as all right, you're in the playoffs. Well, you know why Why play Trevor, with Trevor Lawrence, in this game if you're already in. All of a sudden, you're not in the top 12, and kids just aren't playing. Well, he's wrong. That that whole second part, he's wrong. Um, You're going to continue to win games because you, one, want home field advantage, and two, um, you you want the top four for a bye. So I don't buy that, well, guys just aren't going to play. Because if you are – Let's just say you're five or six. You're going to play a game because if one to four loses, then you're going to jump into the top four. If you are in the seven to 11 range, you're going to want to play your best guys because you want home field advantage. Because if you lose, you you lose that opportunity. Um, You're telling me uh, if if Clemson is sitting at, um, let's just say, eight, Okay, and if they lose, they have to go play. Oh, maybe a Mich- uh, maybe a Michigan or a Wisconsin. Are they gonna want to save their guys and just play up north? Absolutely not. They're gonna want to play a game. Now, if it's neutral site, I mean, I guess, but still, you want the home field advantage if we're doing it that way. So I don't buy that. And then, of course, if you're um, you know, nine to 12, you have to win. Um, even eight, you know, you have to win on, or you're, you might lose out on the playoff. So I don't buy his saving guys excuse. I, I really don't. Um, you know, yes, it, it's all about the playoff, but the regular season, like I just stated before, the regular season is still going to count. And it might count more because you have more people involved in this here 
You're going to have more teams involved getting ready. Now, his I don't think I don't know if there's 12 teams good enough to win a national title. Okay, I'll, I'll give him that. That is a decent point. That you know because right now in college football there is a major disparity between the top three programs and everybody else. Um, but who's to say that there might not be another deserving team that you know hit a rough patch earlier in the year? Okay. Uh, I know I'm biased on this, but if you think 2016 Penn State, who, yes, they lost to Pitt and Michigan, got smoked by Michigan, but at both of those times, they're going through injuries on the defensive side of the field. When they got healthy, that's when they made the run. And yes, they did lose to USC in the Rose Bowl, and that's another team. They could have been involved. They were the two hottest teams in the country, and they didn't get a chance to play because earlier in the season, they, they had some missteps. So I think those teams are going to be in. Um, I mean, guys, even look at the – I mean, it mentions about the NFL, but even looking at that, um, you know, not a lot – I mean, you don't see the number one seeds losing that much. Usually the best teams do end up winning. And, yes, yeah, sometimes they're upsets. But it's because those teams exploit the weaknesses that the others have. Uh, I don't know. I think the 12-team playoff is good for college football for where it's going right now. Listen, I missed the pageantry of the big bulls, but that's just not what's happening right now. So and I, I said this before. If the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl don't have as much, don't have as much meaning if they're not in the playoffs, guess what? Expand the playoff. Um, I just I don't agree with Dabo. I think it's very easy to say that when you're in a conference where you dominate all the time and you're the next person in line that's close to you is North Carolina, who isn't a traditional football power, who has a coach, Mac Brown, who can retire almost any year. And I know he's having the time of his life. OK, and he has done great things for North Carolina, but it's true. If Mac Brown retires, is anyone else going to be able to pick up that football program and do what he's done with it? I don't know. Um, but I think it's very easy for Dabo to say that. I, I really, I really think it's very easy for him to say that with where he is right now. Because now he knows he has to, he's going to have to play an extra game, at least an extra game against a team that's going to be hungry, getting ready to getting ready to knock him off. You know. Right now, yeah, there are hungry teams, but usually the teams he's playing against are your Ohio States and your um, Ohio States, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, teams that have already been there before who are familiar with Clemson. So there is a familiarity there, which does make it harder. But also on the same token, you're going to have a team that's very hungry that is you know, going to have a lot of momentum coming into there, kind of like what, LS, what LSU had a few years ago. Um, I also think this won't be like um, – I mean, not necessarily won't be like the NFL because I believe I believe teams, I believe players are going to want to play also because of their brand, okay? Think about this here. Um, with the new NIL, okay, um, Clemson – and his team can rake in massive amounts of money. All right. I mean, do you think if a game has any sort of implication, like I like I mentioned, whether it be seating, a home field advantage, that top four, do you really think any of those players are going to want to sit out and then their team lose? And then their brand and the, the things that they sponsor, okay, do you think that those players would risk that money for negative press? Because think of – let's just think of it here. All right? Let's say in his – in Dabo's hypothetical. Let's play by Dabo's rules here. Let's just say Trevor Lawrence. Let's just say Trevor Lawrence um, – let's say Clemson was seven. All right. And they lost a game because Trevor Lawrence wanted to sit out. And then they had to go up 
and let's just say they had to play Wisconsin in the cold, you know, in the end of November, December, and they lost, what's everyone going to say? Trevor Lawrence is a prima donna. Trevor Lawrence put himself over the team. And guess what? That doesn't sell. That hurts Trevor Lawrence's brand. And again, it's coming back to the NIL policing, not just policing players. Because, yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong that some players are sitting out of some bowl games that mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely not. Um, now, granted, like if, if a team isn't in the playoff, would I like to see players play in the Fiesta Sugar and Orange? Yes, absolutely. But if they're not, I, I, I don't know if I can knock them anymore. Because if they do end up getting hurt, then – their draft stock is screwed. I'm just saying this NIL policy is going it, – it, it's going to bring a lot of good in college football. It's also going to bring some bad. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to bring in some good. Okay, which brings me to my next topic before we get into Oklahoma and Texas and Big Game Boomer coming on. Uh, Bryce Young hasn't taken a single snap at Alabama, and he is almost making triple figures. And – Nick Saban is a smart enough guy to know that he said this. He said this. This is basically a recruiting pitch for him. You know, he stated like, yeah, he's almost at triple, you know, he's almost at seven figures. Everyone who may, anyone who is a college football player, even if they didn't want to go to Alabama, okay, let's just say they are diehard Auburn for life. Now that there's a ding, ding, ding in their head saying, uh, I want to go there. Because they are gonna, I'm gonna get paid because Bryce Young hasn't taken a starting snap at Oklahoma or sorry, um, at Alabama, and he is already making close to seven figures. And good for him, good for him, good for the kids. They should be able to make money based, you know, off their own likeness. This was a no brainer, this should have been done years ago. And like I said, uh, Nick Saban at that SEC media days, he he knew what he was doing. He absolutely knew what he was doing. It was a recruiting pitch. And I think a lot of other coaches are going to go the same route um, as Saban did. Kind of just kind of sprinkle that in there that, hey, our guys are making this much. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, most Mostly everyone who's tuning in uh, wants to hear this interview, the king of lists, big game boomer. Um, he's going to talk about – uh, Texas and Oklahoma going to the going to the SEC and what that means for the Big 12 and his own social media presence. And we're going to get into that right now. Big Game Boomer. All right. Joining us now, the king of lists on Twitter. We got Big Game Boomer here. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, actually, uh, should I call you Big Game Boomer or? Yeah, you can yeah. call me Big Game Boomer. That's kind of what people just call me now. Yeah, or right. Big Game. <laughs> Big Game. All right. Yeah. So, all right, we had you on at a pretty much a perfect time. So, do you think everything with Oklahoma and Texas officially going to the AC or sorry the SEC? Do you think? that that is going to happen or do you think some of the old ties to the big 12 like mizzou and texas a&m might uh get some momentum and potentially block that from happening uh no i, I think it's gonna 100 happen it's going to uh i think we'll probably hear early this week um that they're that texas know you are officially going to announce their parting ways with the big 12 I don't see, I think really, I haven't really seen any backlash from Mizzou. I, I know A&M has been, um, has been the one that's been kind of vocally saying that they're against it. Um, but I, I don't see any uh, pushback from it. Uh, I, I think it's a, as good as a done deal. I mean, I, uh, as close, I don't know how close you've been following it, but like the big 12, um, I think yesterday reached out to you in Texas and said that they would, ex, you know, increase their, uh, annual revenue, uh, TV revenue that they were going to take, uh, you know, cut the pay from the other big 12 schools to increase the revenue share for Texas and OU. And I think they, they declined that. So I think it's a pretty done deal. 
Um, I'd be shocked if uh, they ended, they still ended up in the Big Twelve. I just don't see it. I, I think it's I think it's over. Done deal. And you know, you as a fan, I mean, I, I love college football. Um, I mean, I'm more East Coast in the Northeast, but um, do you like the move? Oh, I love it. You love it? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I've been saying it for years. Uh, if we could join the SEC or maybe you know, the Big Ten, I think it would uh, be ideal for OU. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm extremely excited about it. It opens up recruiting pipelines um, in all the southern states where it seems like that's where the most talent is. And, uh, you know, I think all around and not just for football, I mean, uh, basketball, baseball, softball. I mean, you look at the SEC now, it's going to be the king of college sports, adding to just huge, uh, you know, historically successful athletic programs in OU in Texas. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I am more of a traditionalist. It's hard to see some of those old rivalries kind of die, but on the same token, we're going to see matchups that are going to be amazing, not just year in and year out, but week in and week out. Yeah, exactly. Oklahoma joint. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You think about, you know, looking at OU's home schedule this, this year, we play West Virginia, um, uh, I think uh, TCU at home, uh, you know, a couple of those games, the fan, you know, the fan base just doesn't get as excited about those games, you know, as we used to. I mean, you usually get excited about the big non-conference game and the Texas game, which is, you know, played in Dallas every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you got Alabama and Georgia rolling into Norman, I mean, it's just going to be huge. And just the game day atmosphere and excitement for those games is just going to be off the charts. No, absolutely. It's, um, I'm interested to see how the Mississippi schools and Vandy fare in this, because I feel like football wise, they are pretty much afterthoughts. I mean, baseball, they're pretty good, you know, but you know, they're trying to create like a super conference right now. And I feel like those three schools, especially Vandy and like Mississippi state are, are going to be, it's going to be hard for them, I think, to really get out of the basement. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely those three schools are going to have trouble. But, you know, I mean, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, they're great at, uh, you know, they're baseball powerhouses. So exactly. you know, even though they're not, uh, you know, football, traditionally good football schools, they're, they're, you know, they've got other sports that they excel at. And decent, and I, I know Mississippi State has a great women's program for basketball. I think Vandy's basketball program's decent enough. Yeah, where I think they'll kind of get some um, momentum there. But um, but with you, with your Big 12 roots, okay, what do you think? uh, There's no way the Big 12 survives this, right? No, I I don't I don't think there is any way that the Big 12 survives. I think it's done. I think, uh, you know, eight or nine years ago or whatever, when when the, you know, the expansion happened, um, you know, I think the big 12 took a huge loss on that, you know, losing four schools and then adding TCU and West Virginia, nothing against those schools, but um, you know, to be the only conference with 10 teams, um, you know, I think the writing has been on the wall for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, this kind of, I, I wasn't expecting this to happen this soon. Mm-hmm. I was kind of waiting for the TV contracts to expire in 2025, but you know, and I, I guess nowadays, you know, things can happen a lot faster than you expect. Yeah. Um, now, do you, how soon is how soon is this going to impact scheduling? So, you know, I've been kind of reading up on this. Um, you know, I think it could. I think OU and Texas could be in the SEC next year. Um, I think combined they would have to pay like over $150 million to get bought out of their current TV contract. Yes. So I, I think somehow it just ends up in court and then there's just a settlement and, you know, ESPN or um, the SEC just comes in and, you know, kind of tenders that deal. Um, so I, I see it happening sooner rather than later because I just don't see OU and Texas playing in the big 12 for four years 
while, you know, they know they're going to the SEC. You know, that just a lame duck scenario that, you know, no one likes. So, you know, now that it's out there, I I would not be shocked if we see OU in Texas uh, and playing in the SEC next year. Yeah, um, that's from what I've been kind of reading. That's I, I don't think there's any way it can be this year just because we're so close to the season. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. This year, no way. This year, there's but... no way. Um, next year is looking more and more likely. I don't think there's any way, like you're saying, that they actually complete their contracts. Um, just how things are rolling. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, picking up West Virginia and TCU. You know, uh, currently, actually, I live in Morgantown right now. OK. Talking so you're a West Virginia guy? I, so I'm a, I'm actually a Penn state guy. Okay. I'm a season. I've been a season ticket holder there for years. Been going to games since I was five. Um, happened to move down here for a job. And honestly, Morgantown's a great. Oh, it's, it's a, a great, great college town. It's a great college town. I was in the stands for that shootout. Will Greer versus Kyler Murray a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. Back in 19. I think 19, yeah. 19 something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's a great game. The atmosphere, it's a great college town, but like if you talk to anybody, uh, any Mountaineer fans that they that's not that they they don't like the Big 12, but they'll tell you they they just don't fit in. in oh, yeah. Area. I mean, and, I and I, I love West Virginia in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fan base, the passion that they bring. But, you know, it's just it doesn't make sense for them to be in the Big 12 uh, geographically. I mean, they're spending a fortune on travel costs mm-hmm. uh, to travel to you know, every single big 12 school. And, you know, I think they got a bigger, you know, pay cut or pay increase when they joined the big 12, but they're also spending exorbitantly more money on travel. So I think it washes out at the end of the day, but I I would love to see West Virginia end up in the ACC. Um, I know there was talk about that um, back in the, you know, back in 2011, 2012, um so we'll, we'll see i mean there's just so many rumors out there you just don't know what to believe at this point you know what and that kind of leads into my next question um do you, i don't know i just feel like right now a lot of people are tweeting uh tweeting rumors and you have no idea where they're coming from yeah do you, do you think there is any um backing behind michigan ohio state and clemson trying to get in <laughs> Cause I, I don't, I honestly don't, th- I honestly yeah. don't think so. I, yeah, I, I know exactly what I saw that tweet from that. Uh, I forgot his name, but the Barstool yeah, uh, it, account guy, he yeah. tweeted that out. Um, no way. Yeah. I mean, it would get the SEC to 20 teams. I mean, I, I, I just don't, that, if, I think that would ruin college football. Um, you, you would, super. Yeah. Cause you would just basically have, you know, the SEC would be, like the FBS and the rest yeah. of the schools would be like the FCS. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I if that, if that, that. I, I'll be shocked if that happens, but I, I, that would be very bad for college football if it did. Right. Because then you still have like, you still have other prominent programs. Like I understand right now, the PAC 12 has kind of been down for a couple of years, but you still have USC, Oregon and Washington that are major powers over yeah, there. Yeah, big brand names. Exactly, big brand names, okay? You have Penn State up north, you know, Wisconsin, who isn't flashy at all, but they're always hanging around yep. that top, you know, your top six to top 15 usually, you know, and you're going to have a situation that if this 12-team playoff happens, well, now we're getting into the position where, okay, do you take a team that's in a weaker, kind of like now how we look at the group of five? Yeah. You know, um, you know, how many you're going to take from the super conference. I, I all, I, I do think that ruins college football. I do think if you're going to dissolve one conference, it has to be the big 12. It's the smaller one. And I, I believe by the end of it, all these teams can find a home somewhere. Yeah. The, the, the three big 12 schools that I'm the most concerned about are Oklahoma state, Iowa state and Kansas state. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, Iowa is already in the Big Ten. Um, if the Big Ten were to add them, you know, it just kind of doesn't make sense just because it's really the same market. Um, and then Iowa State's not really a traditionally successful athletic program. 
And then same, same deal with Kansas state. And then Oklahoma state is an attractive um, school. I, I just, I haven't from, I've been following this, reading it, every article I can. Um, and I just haven't heard anything about Oklahoma state talking to the PAC 12 or the, yeah. Or the, or the big 10 or the, even the ACC. So I don't know. I, there was an article on the athletic today saying that, you know, potentially that the American athletic conference was going to come in and basically absorb the teams that are, uh, you know, basically leftovers from the big 12. So that would be interesting to see, you know, those schools end up in the American conference, which would make it a pretty good conference. Cause I mean, you could argue the American conference over the last, you know, three or four years has been, been a very competitive conference and there's been some great teams that have come out of there. So I, think I don't know. The American, <laughs> the American, I believe is more top. I mean, more top heavy, because you're gonna have your you're gonna have a Cincinnati and like a Memphis, um, mm-hmm. Central SMU, Florida. Yep, yep, UCF. Um, but then I think your bottom guys, your, you know, SMU, and I can't think of who who else is in the bottom. Tulsa, Tulsa. East Carolina. Although Tulsa is actually not going to be. They're gonna they be did decent this year. They did good. Yeah, they did good last year. Yeah, yeah Tul- Tulsa, Tulane, mm-hmm. South Florida. You know, there's a bunch of Navy, a b- bunch of random schools in that exactly. conference. I mean, the American because <laughs> they're all over the place. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't make it a bad – it wouldn't be a bad conference, but it would still be the the lesser of the power fives. Yeah. You know, um, I do think Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor all go to the Pac-12. Um, I think the Big Ten will take Kansas and Iowa State. Um, West Virginia, hopefully the ACC finally accepts them. Um, and honestly, if that happens, I think all parties win there. West Virginia's happy because now the guys, they recruit, the guys they recruit are going to, their families are going to be watching them play more than, you know, just their home schedules. Oh so yeah. They can actually recruit a lot more um, because them having to go to the Midwest really doesn't help really anything for no it doesn't help them at all but absolutely not the, i'm worried about kansas state is the one school like you said i haven't seen them talking to anybody um kansas has put out feelers to the big 10 which basketball wise i think would be great makes a hundred yeah new market and everything mm-hmm. but kansas state i mean i wouldn't mind for kansas state to join the big 10 i i would love for kansas state see to them pick up the both kansas schools yeah. yeah, that'd be interesting. And, but, you know, you said the, you know, Baylor and TCU going to the Pac-12. That's another interesting um, situation as well, because traditionally the Pac-12 does not accept uh, religious uh, schools into their conference. And of course, Baylor and TCU are both, um, you know, religious schools. So that that that's an interesting scenario uh, for that to happen. There, there would have to be some sort of I guess deal or or something because you know BYU's been trying to get into the Pac-12 for forever and right. you know they, they never let them in. You know what? And I and you just said that, and I've been talking to friends and everything all throughout this weekend while the chaos was going on, and that's one thing I ha- I did not think of is that the pack the Pac-12 usually does not let or hasn't let that happen. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, BYU's been trying to get in. They, I mean. They're independent now, but when they were in the Mountain West, they were trying to get out. And yep. but it's it the next couple weeks are going to be very interesting. I mean, oh, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the time and, 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 the, and, and the unfortunate thing is, by the time this releases, which will be on Tuesday, we might have some of those answers. Yeah. Oh, we, by by the end of this by the end of this call right here, we may know something that we didn't already know. I mean, it, <laughs> exactly. it's crazy. Um. So we're going to talk a little bit about you now. So when did you start creating lists and content? Um, I started following you a couple months ago and you have, I don't know how you have time to create all these lists, um, (laughs) but when did you start and when did you kind of see yourself starting to get a little bit of a following? Was it over, like, was it a big overnight thing or was it gradual? Um, so, you know, it was kind of after football season. Um, I was just, you know, on Twitter, uh, just kind of as a, you know, following it for news and, uh, updates on sports and stuff. And 
one day I put out a list that was um, it was more schools that had more wins than Texas over the last 10 years. And I just put it out there on on uh, my account and just kind of blew up and got a ton of engagement. And I was like, all right, well, this is kind of fun just because I love I think college football or in college sports are the the fans are the most passionate of any of any sport um, or, you know, of any fan base. So, I mean, ever since then, I've just kind of come out, you know, put, put these lists together. Um, You know, after we get our son down, I'll kind of sit down while I'm watching some sports game and kind of put, put together a list. Sometimes, sometimes there's lists where, you know, it takes me a couple of days to put together because they, they do take a lot of research. Um, But I mean, it's crazy, man, just the, the feedback and engagement that, that I get from those, from those lists that I put out um, to, to the extent where, I mean, you're getting six, 7 million views every list. I mean, it's just crazy. And I have a lot of fun doing it. It's enjoyable. And I think you, you are getting a lot of that engagement because those lists are so well done. And uh, again, it, just by looking at it, you know, like you have, you do a lot of research. And I think when that's presented, I think people are like, oh, wow. Like one, I got it. Okay. Where's my team at? What's yeah. the topic? <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It really has. I mean, I saw Lane Kiffin retweeted you over the weekend. Oh yeah. But that, <laughs> yeah, that thing, the coaches that had the most swagger. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, man, you should have seen all, yeah. The uh, Shane Beamer, Lane Kiffin, Beamer. I know the BYU account, the mm-hmm. San Jose state account. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you just get ton of engagement from, you know, professional accounts like that. It's really cool. And trying to kind of, it in, inspires you to do more. <laughs> Who's been, who do you think has been the most famous person to kind of retweet or quote tweet your, your lists? God, there's just been so many. The, who, who, how about this to start? Who was the first person that you were like, oh, wow. Like this is really starting to get traction like this person retweeted it well um i got a shout out from kirk herb street once oh, um that's, that's on top that's yeah that's that pretty that's, big yeah um so i, I did the uh best pizza joint in every college town okay um back in i can't remember april or may mm-hmm. or march <laughs> and that thing just blew up because I, I i put uh alabama for tuscaloosa i put chuck e cheese as the best mm-hmm. pizza joint oh, i do remember and that. Yes. yeah and chuck e cheese was trending on twitter like that whole day because of that and i mean there are just some a lot of famous people uh that were were you know Cole Kublik was <laughs> retweeted it said it was like the this is going to be the end of the Nick Saban dynasty and, <laughs> and just kind of stuff like that um so yeah there's there's been a, I've gotten a lot of ga- engagement and you know I've made some great uh contacts and relationships throughout the ma- you know making these lists and just kind of learning more about college football as I go it's it's fun no it's it's awesome and like I said, like you're, you're one of the best follows right now. I appreciate Twitter. that. <laughs> honestly, for me, I look, I look once, once you post something new, it's like, uh, it's like, I gotta, I gotta stop what I'm doing and like read it and send it to my friends and everything like that. Um, who is, has any fan base been hostile towards you? Now I know they might be a little biased because of your name, but yeah has any fan base like really lashed out at you hard or who's uh yeah i mean i'll take a shot at every fan base every now and then i mean no no team is safe on the big game boomer twitter account absolutely (laughs) so they shouldn't be yeah so i mean i'll even take a shot at ou every now and then but um i would say georgia um they got really mad at something that i put out there i can't remember and they like went and found a picture of me and, and like posted it and, and we're like, here he is. And, you know, it was funny. Um, so, you know, I'd say Georgia, Michigan, uh, those are two big ones. Clemson is a big one because I actually grew up a Clemson fan. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm from South Carolina, Georgia area. So okay. um, I like to give those guys a hard time because I 
grew up and know the Clemson South Carolina rivalry. So I would say those fan bases um, are ones that really give me a hard time. Same with, I would say Florida as well. The Gators, they really give me, give me a tough time on Twitter. (laughs) I only ask that because uh, I had it out with Tennessee people once. Tennessee's Tennessee is, they got a big Twitter presence for sure. It was before I started like posting a lot of stuff and like doing things like that. And I put something where I, I thought like Northwestern had a shot in like an Outback bowl, like a game that usually like doesn't matter that much. And Tennessee like blew the doors off them and they found my tweet and were like, let me have it. And I'm Oh yeah. It was like a random. That's how they are. That, yeah. that yeah they're they're a rally fan base i picked i posted my sec uh predictions last night and i picked tennessee to finish last in the sec east yes. and man those the the vol, vol nation just came after me last night um just trying to rip me to shreds but i mean hey they lost a ton of players to the transfer portal they've got a new coach i mean their program's kind of in disarray mm-hmm. um you know i could easily see them finishing last this year in that division Oh yeah, I definitely. I mean, Vandy. I mean, I, I know Vandy. Vandy's not really that good either. <laughs> but, but I think, I don't know. I think Vandy's at least. I think going to be a little bit more competitive. Um, yeah. The next There's just too much turmoil in Knoxville right now. Going on in Knoxville. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask this: um, How fun is it going to? How fun is it going to be watching the Sooners beat the living hell out of Nebraska this year? <laughs> For, well, again, I, again. I'm looking looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think it'll be fun. I, you know, you just never know with those non-conference games. Um, a lot of question marks with Nebraska. Um, yeah, I think they'll finish fourth or fifth in the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you just never know. I, I'm not going to overconfidently say that, you know, OU is just going to beat the brakes off of them just because I never think that. Anytime I ever think that, it seems like the opposite happens. So, I mean, I think OU should win the game, Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the spread is on on that. Um, I would think at least over 14 points would be the, you know, is what they'd be favored by. But I think they should win by three or four touchdowns um, just based on the talent uh, compared to both rosters. Oh, yeah. I mean – I think Scott Frost is coaching. He's coaching for, or he's coaching for his job. I think he's yeah. been there long enough. His guys that he has gotten in there are upperclassmen. Um, I know Nebraska isn't the as lucrative as a place for athletes to go, but you're still Nebraska. You have state of the art facilities. You have a stated like you have a, a an amazing fan base that it doesn't matter what their record is is selling out the stadium. Um, it it should be an attractive it can be a place where it can be attractive to young people but yeah um no doubt i don't know what's i don't know what's going on there i mean for the big 10's sake it'd be nice for nebraska to be decent again um but i don't well they lost they lost their recruiting pipeline out of texas when they came to the to the big 10 if you look at their roster today versus back in like 2010 there's like two or three guys from texas on their roster And I think that makes a big difference. And I will say I'll compliment Nebraska. They have one of the best fan bases out there. I I love, I love interacting with Nebraska fans. Um, I'm starting to I'm starting kind of a a YouTube show with a Nebraska fan. Um, So I I really have a lot of respect for the Huskers. Every time they come up to Penn state, um, they are so nice and welcoming and, um, it's on, it's really nice that, and honestly, most fan bases up there, um, are, are nice to each other when they come to town. Um, but Nebraska, they're, they're, they're top notch first class, first class fans. Yeah. And I've heard that on many different occasions as well. It's, it's great. Um, so, all right, we're going to play a little game here. All right. Sweet. It's called this or that. I got three questions for you. Okay. All right. So let's do it. If Oklahoma were to have a loss, would you rather it be to Texas or Oklahoma State? 
Oh gosh. Well, my wife went to Oklahoma state, so that's kind of tough. Um, I, I, but I, I'd rather have it be the Oklahoma state. I, I can't stand losing to Texas. Just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. We're incorporating Texas with this next one too. Okay. You lose to Texas, but go to the national championship and lose. Okay. So you don't win the natty, but you get there. Win a playoff game. What? We do we win a playoff game? Yes, you win a playoff. Okay, game. all right. Okay, or you beat Texas and only win nine games. Uh, the first option for sure. First we, option. Uh, yeah, the, this year. The yeah, I, we. I would rather lose to Texas and make it to the college football playoff and win a college football playoff game than if we go nine and three this season. That'll be. <laughs> A massive disappointment. I will say, especially this. I'm gonna and I'm gonna be honest. I think Oklahoma, and I, I really don't want to jinx them. I think defensively, um, they they get it together, um, and I think they're a playoff team. I think they go into the playoff undefeated, and I I honestly believe that they, they have a shot. Um, I don't want to jinx them, and if I do. It's maybe it's on me. <laughs> yeah, but, if they lose, I'm going to be hitting you up, man. All right, <laughs> I'll take it. But, but I, I agree. I, I agree with you. Oklahoma, this is. I think this is the year. I really. Yeah, do. I hope so. Last, all right. Last, this or that. Texas A&M or Nebraska? If the Big Twelve were to stay, let's just, um, let's just say Texas and Oklahoma stay in the Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve be, remains. Would you rather AM or Nebraska to come back? Whew, that's a, that is a tough question. I guess from an OU fan perspective, I would pick Nebraska just because I really enjoyed the rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just love having the, you know, Nebraska in our conference. Um, if I was a Texas fan, I'd probably say Texas A&M. Um, yeah. Both, I'd, I'd like to have them both, honestly. Right. <laughs> the Texas Texas A and M game was a game I always look forward to watching the day after Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the also, I mean, I I say this a lot on my last podcast, and I really haven't said it on this one yet, but uh, the day after Thanksgiving is one of the best football days that no one ever talks about. Oh yeah, like, I, I t- totally agree. Yeah, from like from Thanksgiving night through the end of the day Saturday, it's just. Camp out on the couch and watch some great rivalry football games. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt. Especially that Friday. I mean, well, now you get like Iowa, Nebraska, but like, yep. or it used to be Nebraska, Mizzou, and then uh, Texas, Texas AM. There's other couple games sprinkled in there. Yeah. That Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma WVU game that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we played West Virginia a couple yeah, Friday was, nights. That was a Friday night yeah. after Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, it's one of those it's a great football day that I feel like doesn't get enough love. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree with you, man. Before we get into our, our playoff segment. Okay. Uh, this is a new, uh, this is a new rapid fire game. I kind of threw together over the past couple of weeks. Um, you're going to be the first one to play. Okay? All right. Sweet. So hopefully it works. Uh, <laughs> well, we're going to add to it too, as time goes on. Um, so it's called vital information. Okay. So big game. Uh, you will be representing Oklahoma. Okay. So Boomer Sooner. Boomer. Yep. Your first favorite player from Oklahoma. First, like my first favorite one. of all time. Favorite of Baker all time. May Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Hands down. Yeah. Okay. Um, favorite season as a fan. Who I would say the 2017 season when we lost in the Rose Bowl. Um, just with ba- that was Baker's last year. Um, I was at the Rose Bowl, heartbreaking. But yeah, that was my my favorite season in a long time. Um, I felt like we should have beat Georgia in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite uniform. I know Oklahoma doesn't do anything that fancy, but uh, favorite uniform. Um. So, God, that's a tough one because I, I I'm a big uniform. I analyze a lot of these uniforms. I would say Oregon when they wear those apple green uh, jerseys. Uh-huh. Um, I think those are just crisp. I, I I think they look. I mean, that is a good looking green uh, when they wear that. Of course, they wear a different jersey every every game. But yeah, I really I really like Oregon's apple green uh, jerseys. 
favorite win as a fan? Ooh, um, definitely beating Ohio State uh, in the 2017 year when Baker uh, planted the flag in, in, in Columbus. Um, that was a special night. <laughs> so I have a small story about that. So I, I coached at a junior college for a couple of years, okay? Um, Oklahoma had a linebacker, Emmanuel Beal. Yeah. Um, and he is from, uh, I believe, Reynoldsburg, which is right outside Ohio State. He, so he did his two years at Lackawanna College, and then he goes off to Oklahoma, and I'm watching the game. And he's been waiting for that moment his entire life to kind of show everyone in Ohio, like, you know, it's kind of get his little bit of revenge or whatever. And as Baker's planning the flag, he's like right there next to him, like telling him, <laughs> plan it, plan it. I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, Beal. Uh, but it was fun for me to watch it because I, I knew him for a year. And he's, he's a great guy. Um, That's awesome. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, a, that was a great game. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, best uh, so college football has lots of tradition but just Oklahoma what's your favorite tradition uh that Oklahoma does um god there's a lot I, mean, I know the obvious would, ones, but well are you, the Sooner Schooner oh yeah coming out yeah that that's a that's one of my favorite ones of course you know it I was actually when they played West Virginia two years ago and it flipped over I was at that game and got you see that that video so many times on on social media now I feel like it happens but, once every two years yeah it yeah. happens it's it's tough man if you make that turn back yeah. to the end zone a little too sharp I mean yeah. that that's that uh the schooner will flip that's, I mean, it's, like that's they're moving yeah they're, they're going faster than it looks on tv yeah um and yeah, I remember I was at that game and everyone was just like, oh my God, like, I hope, I hope, I mean, cause that's a hard fall. I'm, yeah. I'm really surprised no one got like seriously hurt, thankfully. But um, yeah, that, that's my favorite tra- tradition. It's just iconic for college football. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, best place to eat in Norman. Ooh, um, it depends on what meal. Um, I really like. Uh, O'Connell's. If you're going to get a burger, that's my my spot. If you're going to get Mexican food, Terra Humara's, uh, incredible spot. And then my favorite place for breakfast. This may be my favorite uh, place, but the diner on Main Street, just your classic American breakfast joint, where you've got greasy eggs and sausage and pancakes, and yeah, it's top notch. Awesome. All right, last one. Uh, best bar. Best bar in Norman, uh, hands down, I would say Logie's. Logie's. Um, yeah, that, that's where you kind of end the night at in Norman. There's a bunch of different bars, and then you just kind of – everyone just kind of ends their night at Logie's as it closes at 2 a.m. So <laughs> a right. lot of good times there. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to switch gears here, and we're going to get into the playoff. All right. All right, this week's list, the greatest Oklahoma Sooners of all time. And we are very lucky to have Big Game Boomer here to share his expertise on the topic today. Um, So if you're just joining us today, um, the playoff, uh, I usually rank our top four uh, of a certain topic. uh, And then you guys, the... Viewers will be able to vote on it uh, on Wednesday and then the final on Thursday. Um, So without further ado, uh, I'll start off with mine. Uh, Number four, uh, I have Adrian Peterson as my number four. Uh, Single season rushing record for Oklahoma, um, you know, probably and would have had the probably all time rushing record if he would have stayed healthy. Um, I know he was really had one great year uh, but he he isn't the top of this list just because he couldn't stay healthy Um, yeah but boom we're on to you I agree yeah well um so yeah I it's funny I had Adrian Peterson at number four as well for the exact same reasons he had that monster freshman year uh I mean the guy was just a freak and I mean, he just looked like, I mean, he was just 
giant compared to the other, you know, the other players and just ran over everybody. Uh, one of the most uh, athletic guys I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, he's definitely in my top four for sure. Awesome. All right. Um, number three, your guy. I got three. Baker. Mayfield. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was saying your guy as in your favorite player. Ah, there we uh, go. Baker Mayfield, three-time All-American, a Heisman. Um, I feel like kind of sent that energy back into Oklahoma. Um, I mean, they've always been there, but I just feel like the resurgence of Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield was a ton of fun to watch. Um, three-time All-American, I'm going Baker. Yeah, that's a great pick. Great pick for sure. Um, my third pick is Billy Sims, great, uh, running back, uh, back in the seventies, uh, Heisman trophy winner. Um, the guy, you know, it, it's a shame we don't have as many videos and recordings of, of him back when he was playing, but he, he just glided across the field. Uh, he was something special to watch. And he's also just a great ambassador for the University of Oklahoma, is all over the place at, around Oklahoma, has a great barbecue uh, chain that he started up, just very supportive of the program, and I've got a lot of respect for him. Uh, well, funny you say Billy Sims. All right, we're on the same wavelength a little bit. My number two <laughs> is uh, Billy Sims. Uh, yeah, one of the greatest running backs of all time. I and mean, you, you've said this uh, has a Heisman should probably have two Heisman. Yeah, I probably should have won the two years in a row. Exactly. Um, and he was the leading rusher for the longest time at Oklahoma. Um, I think he was just passed recently. I forget. The yeah, part. by uh, Samaj Piran. Yes, I think. Right. Yeah. And um, second in touchdowns. I mean, he's yeah, number two. That's my number two. Great. Billy Sims. Yeah. Great pick. Great pick. No number doubt. Um, so, yeah. So for my number two, I went with Brian Bosworth, Ooh, the Boz, okay. the Boz, um, kind of an iconic uh, Oklahoma Sooner, um, you know, great linebacker, physical, um, was on some of those national championship teams. And I mean, he was a bruiser, man. He, he would light you up if you came through the, through the hole. Um, and just a, just a personality too. I mean, very, very colorful character and um, very fun to watch. Um, he, you know, he's my second favorite for sure. Um, all right. Before we reveal our number ones. Okay. Um I have a few honor. I don't know if you brought any honorable mentions to the party. Yeah, I've got a few. But um, I have the Boz as one of my honorable mentions. Um, I think even though they're not players, uh, bet I just it should be mentioned. Uh, Switzer, Stoops, and Wilkinson. Yeah, uh, I know they're not players, but I mean, when you think about the greatest Sooners of all time, I think they should at least be talked about. Um. And then uh, Roy Williams. Oh, yeah. He was solid for sure. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, honorable mentions, definitely Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate that he only got to play one year at OU, but, that I mean, that year when he won the Heisman, I mean, it was just a special season. He was just, a, I mean, incredible athlete, just running past guys like they were 10 times slower than him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have him on there. And then another one is uh, Leroy Selman, defensive tackle, for Oklahoma, um, our, he's, our, he's arguably, if you talk to a lot of Sooner historic people, they'll say Leroy Selman was, was, uh, is, one, is the best Oklahoma Sooner of all time. Um, so, I think he, he almost won the Heisman yep. as a defensive tackle. So it's funny you say that. My number one is Leroy Selman. Yeah, there you My go. Yeah, exactly. Leroy, again, they – I don't know. I may, again, I'm a more of a traditionalist, I guess, but uh, only defensive player that year to get Heisman votes was the first overall pick um, in the NFL draft. Uh, I believe, was he the first Sooner in the NFL Hall of Fame? I think he was around one of the yeah, he might, the first yeah, he might have been the Hall of Fame. Um, I have Leroy Selman as my number one Sooner. Um, so who is your number one? Well, it's, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I mean, <laughs> all right. and, you know, it's kind of 
you know, what you kind of said earlier, you know, he kind of re-energized the whole OU fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at OU the time he was there and he's just such a down to earth dude. Um, he's just, you could go up and talk to him, at, you know, and he, you didn't, you wouldn't think he's the start starting quarterback at Oklahoma and just his, his swagger and just the, the way that he carried himself and as a leader, um, it was just incredible, uh, fun to watch. I know other schools didn't like him, but you know, as from the sooner fan base, he is a, as loved as can be. I mean, he's a, he's one of the greats. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think he definitely has that. If he's your guy, you absolutely love him. And if you lose to him, you hate him. Um, as I've gotten older and I've seen Baker mature more, I'm starting to kind of be a little bit more of a Baker guy in Cleveland Yeah, uh, with the Browns. Um, I, I kind of want him to succeed just because he has a lot of people, um, you know, Pulling against him. everything he did at Oklahoma, but there's no denying he's, I mean, he's one of the best. Yeah, he did some stupid stuff, but you know, you know, uh, college kids. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and the yeah the the what he's done doing at the Browns is so impressive. Uh, Getting them to the playoffs last year, I mean, he's doing a great job up in Cleveland. Absolutely. Okay, so now, all right, so now we got to get our rankings in order here. All right. Um, Let's. I mean, I have Billy Sims. We both have Billy Sims at two, correct? Um, I had Billy Sims at three. Had Billy Sims at three. Yep. Okay. Hmm. I gotta get Leroy in there. Somewhere. Yeah. No, I I, I feel you. I had him in his honorable mention, and part of it's just because I didn't grow up watching him. Right. Um. So, you know, it's just all hearsay for me. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I agree. He probably should be in the top four. Okay. Um. Who was? I'm trying to think. Because you had Adrian, you had Baker, you had Billy Sims. The Boz was number two. Oh, you had Boz. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like the Boz has got to stay in there. All right. This this is going to be sacrilege, I think. <laughs> but all right. Maybe let's take Adrian out, AP out. Yeah. Just because he was a, you know, he had, he did have monster, two monster seasons, but just he just couldn't stay healthy yeah um i would like and hear me out here i would love billy sims at one okay we'll put baker at two boz at three and then um we'll go leroy selma at four and that'll be a nice matchup for uh i mean that's a good one versus four billy sims versus uh Leroy Selma, kind of the old school. Yeah, old school. The, yeah. the old school matchup there. I don't know. Yeah, Who, no. are you, with, uh, you want to uh, tinker around with it? Or no, I, I, I'm I'm good with you. Um, yeah, I would agree. I guess you could bump Adrian out. I think he Adrian Peterson may be the greatest athlete to ever play at OU. Yeah. But, yeah, just because he was, was hurt. And he should have won a Heisman his freshman year. Uh, and I think the only reason he didn't get it was because he was a freshman. Yep. Uh, it went to Matt Leinert, but uh, yeah, no, I'm on board with you. All right, here we go. All right, so our top four Oklahoma Sooners of all time, number four, Leroy Selma, number three, the Boz, Brian Bosworth, number two, we got Baker Mayfield, and number one, the great Billy Sims. Um, big game, Boomer, thank you for coming on. Um, love what, love the stuff you're doing. Um, do you want to... Uh, throw your hashtag out to everybody. Yeah, on, just uh, uh, yeah, just uh, come follow me at, at Big Game Boomer. We're doing list rankings, all kinds of college related stuff, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> like like I said earlier, one of the best follow one of the best follows on social media. Guys, go out and follow this guy; he's amazing. Um, thank Appreciate you all. That. Thank you all for tuning in, and see y'all next week.